I think it is important to understand that for any woman who is beginning their path of finding their femininity and doing the divine feminine work, we have to accept the fact that the feminine is the dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yin is the dark. As long as we are in a woman's body, we have a very tight relationship with darkness. And with darkness, I mean our dark emotions too. Rather than thinking that I'm going crazy, I'm so mad and something is wrong with me. Rather than wronging our emotions, we must understand that we are cyclic in nature. Our moon times, with the cycles of the moon, with the cycles of the earth, we enter the darkness again and again, every month, every new moon. So we are in constant relationship with the dark. It's becoming more and more important for women to understand that the darkness is not the bad. The darkness is simply this unconscious aspect of your feminine wanting to become conscious. When we begin to move that darkness and when we just stop wasting our life force in getting rid of those emotions, becoming like a beautiful scientist of our own emotional response and journey and witnessing all of that without wronging and judging, we then open up this creative potentiality to newness in our life. New ideas come, new perspectives come, new energy is generated. Everything comes from the dark. In today's busy world, how can we find the inspiration, knowledge, and energy to live a healthy and empowered life? If we balance and harmonize our mind, exercise our body, live according to the laws of nature, and connect to spirit, can we find a way to heal, become our authentic self, and live our purpose with love? I am your hostess, Amy Fournier, and welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite. Welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. In this episode, I had a beautiful discussion with Jonita de Souza. Before we get into the episode, though, I have to give a thank you to one of my podcast reviews because they keep me going. It's my way of acknowledging you and thanking you so much for taking the time out of your busy life to do that for me. So I appreciate it so much. And this one goes out to Good Kid 73 who says, Awakening Aphrodite is my new favorite station. There are so many intriguing subjects. I love that I can get inspired in 5, 15, or 90 minutes. Doesn't matter from driving, walking, or doing laundry. I just feel positive afterwards. I've known Amy for the past 20 years. She was a trailblazer back then and is still a constant learner to this day. She is a wealth of knowledge who truly loves educating people on a holistic health and wellness level. Amy is authentic and truly cares about helping you balance your mind, body, and spirit. This is evident in her enthusiastic voice every episode. Do yourself a favor, subscribe. Wow, 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 wow. That is a powerhouse interview. Thank you so much. Good Kid 73. I truly love, adore, and appreciate you. It means the world to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, my friend. And if you care to leave a quick review, smash that five stars for me and just say whatever's on your heart. If anything has resonated with you or helped you in any way, I just appreciate it so much. It means the world to me. All right. So today's episode, Jonita de Souza was born in India and settled in England. She's a feminine lifestylist and an author and creatress of Exploring Femininity which assists modern busy women who struggle with burnout, overwhelm, and body love to reconnect with their feminine and sensual energy using the ancient Taoist and tantric arts so they can create a lifestyle that's fulfilling, nurturing, and pleasurable. How about that? Wow. Sign me up. Jonita is also a certified life coach, an NLP practitioner, master hypnotherapist, and combines the teachings of Indian feminine mysticism and shamanism in her work. She also facilitates monthly moon circles, online workshops, and sacred feminine retreats. So in this episode, we go into the dark feminine, what it is, why you want to go in there too, and how it is affecting your life, like it or not, what it means to be a woman, what Jonita was surprised to learn when she came to America about American women, what the true definition of femininity is, righteous rage, 
what it is, who's feeling it, how it got there, and most importantly, how to process it and heal it. The critical difference between the dark feminine and the toxic feminine and how it relates to the phases of the moon. How the dark feminine in you not dealt with can lead to addictions, compulsions, addictive behaviors, and self-medicating. Choosing courage over confidence. How the womb and the heart are connected energetically and are actually portals to the divine. How to connect with our womb wisdom. How the feminine power is different from masculine power. What current society gets wrong about classic Tantra. Tips for making sensuality a way of living, not just an act you do. And lastly, Jonita shares with us why she doesn't believe balancing the masculine and feminine is really possible or ideal. And I totally agree with her, by the way. So here we go. It's a beautiful discussion, and I think you're going to love it. I bring to you Jonita de Souza. Hey, Amy. It's such an honor and pleasure to be here speaking with you, Awakening Aphrodite. Oh, God, one of the favorite topics, the Divine Feminine, is shining through you, through your message, and I'm excited for what we're going to co-create. Oh, me too, my friend. This is just like, I literally have goosebumps. I'm just so excited because this is my favorite, favorite topic to talk about and truly been my 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 schooling within the last few years in particular, because I, as I've shared in previous episodes, you know, I have lived majority of my life in my masculine without a doubt, growing up in New England and with a workaholic family and a very strong father figure. Um, and then some abuse that happened to me in my childhood, I really, really went into the masculine side of myself and really repressed and disrespected and, and hid the feminine parts of me. And I just feel so grateful that I'm now, I'm still alive to be able to now relive the way I'm, I'm being in the world and integrate all of myself, that, that duality, the beautiful polarity that's in all of us and incorporate that whole other half of myself and stand the, the power of it and the wisdom of it and the beauty of it. And um, just, just all of who I really am. And so I can truly be all of me. And that's what this show is really about. It's why I called it awakening Aphrodite, because I truly feel that I'm not alone in, in walking that path, particularly, you know, as a woman growing up in the United States that, so strong in the masculine patriarchal culture that a lot of women are just overly masculinized. And, and I, I emphasize the word overly, you know, it's about, it's about being in harmony and balance and walking between the two and you feeling all of who you are authentically, you know, so whatever one you identify with more than the other is fine, but it's just, I just cut off that whole half of myself. And now I'm just so grateful that I'm bringing it back. So that is a very long-winded introduction <laughs> and welcome to the show. I'm sorry I went off a little bit, but you can see I'm very passionate about it. Yeah, that's that, That's exactly what happens when two passionate women come together, you know. Yes. <laughs> the words just flow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Particularly when you feel like you're, you're free. I'm, I'm finally free to be me. And I think we all want that. We want to be free to be seen and loved and accepted for who we are, all of us, warts and all, the good and the bad. And I'm so excited. We're going to talk about the dark feminine today. Yeah. And we're going to talk about, uh, well, you know what, before we get into that, let's please tell us a little bit about yourself, Jonita, your background, your story. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to also keep it um, precise because, you know, we can talk about our stories for so long. Um, but to keep it short and meaningful, I come from India. I was born and raised in India and, um, and I've been living in London for the last 14 years. And um, so I grew up in an Indian culture in a very privileged uh, family, I must say. It was all about teaching 
um, independence and dream big kind of you know uh, concepts to the girls specifically, which was a kind of um, a bit of a contradictive uh, notion to the society, the masculine society that I grew up with. And um, however, I had so much of freedom of um, exploring myself as a teenager. Um, I did not experience that same sense of freedom when I was stepping out of home, you know, when I was going to the streets and going to the shops or just living in the Indian society was, and I'm talking uh, late 80s, early and, and 90s, you know, um, it wasn't easy or um, safe for women to just be, although it is a country that worships goddesses. But so I was really confused that you worship goddesses and then you don't respect women. And, and in my teenage years, um, I was very much into, you know, watching Hollywood movies and I felt like, oh my goodness, the Western women are so free. They are so free. I want to be in the West. I don't want to be in the East uh, here in this part of the world. And um, so, of course, um, I studied really hard and I left my hometown when I was 17 and I explored um, different parts of India. I studied, I became an IT engineer, like most of Indians do. <laughs> and uh, somehow ended up in London through some um, career transition. And for me, that was like dream come true. I was 23 and um, I, was, I was earning well. And there I was, I thought, okay, now I can really taste the freedom of expression. I can wear whatever clothes, I can feel you know, safe and I can just be because all white women are free, <laughs> you know, free to be. And I was so wrong. I was Little so did you know. Mm -hmm. I know. Looks yeah. can be deceiving. And, you know, it's also like the grass is greener on the other side. Mm -hmm. and, um, so, of course, I experienced a lot of freedom in my self-expression and all of that. But then I also realized um, being in London specifically, it was the life was so fast paced and the community and the, the people that I was hanging out with, they were very outwardly focused so it was all very success driven very as you said masculinized and it was all about you know looking good all the time mm -hmm. so you had to look good for the women had to look good to to to, to get importance to to get you know uh, importance in the boardroom to, to be successful to be to meet somebody you know so it was all about looks 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 and i loved it to be honest why not yes so I went for it too and I burnt out like big time and um, that was the spirit so I was really confused. I didn't want to be in the West where I didn't understand how I can be doing the sexy and doing the beautiful and doing the woman and I didn't want to be in the East because um, it was really confusing in terms of the divine feminine work that was happening in that scene. Mm -hmm. So, and that I had a dark night of the soul moment, everything just fell apart in 2007 for me in London and hence began my exploration of exploring femininity and uh, yeah, the rest is history and here I am um, through my journey of understanding what the feminine is and the true meaning of being in a woman's body. I realized it's not about, you know, East, West and now working with women from all over the world. We share the same problems, yeah. same innate fears, similar desires, we may be of different colors, race, um, upbringing, but we have very, very similarity, very core similarities in who we are and who we want to be. We're all human. And, you know, I, I always say there's more that unites us than divides us as, as across all race, races and cultures and uh, all of humanity, you know, we're the, we're members of the same race. And um, that's just such an interesting perspective though, because not many people though have lived in different countries. You know, a lot of people just born, raised and died in their hometown, never, nevertheless lived in such diametrically opposed countries too. I, I like that you mentioned how India is really like this worshiping the goddess and that's where they all came from or, you know, a lot of them. Um, and meanwhile, women are completely subjugated and, and controlled and, you know, controlling what you wear and 
all, all that. It's just, it's, it's nuts. Now it, we're, we're recording this in 2021. Um, what do you see as far as, I know you're not there, but do you yeah. feel like it's slowly changing at all? I mean, in this, or is it? Uh, I see polarities. Like I'm seeing, I'm noticing contrast every day and, and that drives me crazy. Yeah. I would say, uh, you know, it drives me crazy. I'm, I've been here for the last one year. Um, in London? Uh, no, I'm right now I'm in London. Uh, sorry, yeah. I'm in India. So, oh, you're in India. Okay. Yes, yes. So I came here to travel and when the world's just locked down. Got so it. I need to be here. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of polarities. I see there. Um, I see a group of women who are actually, you know, now doing more and more of divine feminine work. And I see another group of even women not um, very disconnected from their feminine. And and yeah, the whole opposition really mm-hmm. exists there, which is really interesting dynamic to observe. And it used to um, confuse me that why why would these white women come here and you know seek spirituality i don't understand what do they even see it's just mm-hmm. such a hypocrite place mm-hmm. <laughs> and um mm-hmm. yeah so it's a very humbling process to not judge and and come to conclusions because there are two faces to everything mm-hmm. well we're all seekers right we're all looking for the answers yeah. that we we carry in our hearts and uh, you know, what, what we learn from some of the great fables and myths are often the treasures in your own backyard all the while. Like, look yeah. at uh, the Wizard of Oz and Dorothy and she went home and, you know, the, the, the treasures are, you, we, we go outside of ourselves thinking if I go to the ashram or I go to this, you know, retreat or whatever, I'm going to find my answers. I'm going to connect with the divine. And, you know, and what we learn that what the sages tell us is that it's the divine is you, you are the divine. We are the divine, you know, that, that the treasures in your own heart, wherever, wherever you take yourself is where you are, you know, and we don't need to go somewhere to achieve enlightenment per se. So I think that's a very interesting observation you had, like, what are you guys doing here? Not that that's an amazing experience. I mean, for whatever, a million reasons, right. But but I think you have to analyze the the motivation, you know, and the seeking can be like a desperate kind of clinging, seeking yeah. and, and without acknowledging, go within. Yeah, I think also sometimes it helps to pull us uh, ourselves out of our current reality and go and experience yes. something elsewhere. So we get different perspectives. For sure. But um, yeah, as I said, that yeah, you don't have to travel that far. Or there, there are there's this juiciness in so many things around, and yeah, you have to really humble down to really witness it. And that's kind of to my point is that it's one thing to travel when you when you when you're seeking an experience to be broadened to be you know just like I said, experience that culture, experience this, this thing in life. I'm to me, life is all about experiences. I, mm-hmm. I always want to say yes. Like I want to experience it all. And believe me, I've experienced a lot good and bad, but as opposed to if you're going, because you're looking to fill an emptiness, like you're looking to connect with the divine when you don't have to go outside your own door to connect with the divine, you know, cause I see people do these spiritual retreats and it's like, well, it's one thing to go and learn maybe how to do it your, yourself, that's great. But uh, I think that, you know, people have to just examine their motives a lot of the times. Yeah, I think it's also a lot of times people are desperate of, mm. of to come out of the pain or, yes. or of trauma. So it is easy to be um, blinded. And yeah, I think I think it's fine. People, people do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, um, yeah be careful in where they go what they choose and why as you said the motives right on you know it's interesting what you said too about how uh you realized that the western women were uh they just actually weren't free so can you can you let's talk a little bit more about that because oh yeah we know all about that you know getting enslaved to that outward expression of how the world is receiving you and approving of you and all of that and um what, what have you seen with, with, with that? 
So it was really interesting that I, I was among um, beautiful women and we were working in this corporate environment. And as I said, that the focus was mostly on the outward that, you know, um, I have to do this better. I have to look better. I have to, you know, um, shape my body this way. I have to wear this and, and um, have to have this money. And it was all of that. And, and then whilst you have these conversations over three, four drinks, you realize how empty they are in the inside, mm -hmm. you know, things come out. And then that becomes kind of like a cycle. You work Monday to Friday, and then, then you go out for drinks, you just, you know, um, uh, let yourself free, and then you yeah. take uh, Sunday to recover from that, and then Monday back to work. So, you know, I was also in that cycle doing that with my friend, girlfriends, and I was like, okay what are we doing <laughs> like, well i i got tired of it and um so that was my observation that there were i met so many women um they had the money they had the relationship they had the sex they had whatever they wanted to do but they were not happy in the inside in fact they did not even know what they want they did not even know um so later yeah and later i realized whilst doing the essence work that we got really confused with um, our essence and our reality you know job became our identity um, mm -hmm. relationships um, became more important than our own emotional response to situations you know when we are over giving and over giving and so there were like a lot of dynamics like this where i realized that we were just running a story we were not running out in our from our essence. We were running a story that has been put in front of you. A role. And, and yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And where our own desires were so suppressed that we were even scared to go into that and even talk about it and feel even embarrassed to mention, you know, that this um, discontent we have despite having everything and i also realized that i was among, you know in the in this 21st century world i was among women who have been the most privileged that history has ever seen let's say and we are the most unhappy most depressed we have all sorts of diseases and illnesses mm -hmm. and discontent and we are overworked and overwhelmed and burnt out and i was like this doesn't make sense we must be we must be better than the women in the history that we have you know learned about you mm -hmm. so yeah so I, I was beginning to get really confused about all of that <laughs> well and rightly so and you know so i think what's happened in our current culture is that when people think of femininity and the female they they think of the 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 qualities, the traits, the 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 exterior mostly. Like, okay, I'm gonna get my nails painted, or <laughs> you know, I'm gonna wear a ruffly shirt or long hair or whatever. And then of course, you know, the traits of speak. Yes. Yeah. And and what's happened is now we've got this whole, you know, vogue thing of people trying to awaken their feminine and the, the sacred feminine and all that stuff. And that's all wonderful, but what we have to learn is we go back in history to, you know, millions of years ago in the cultures that that weren't patriarchal and they had the 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 more of equality in their cultures with the masculine and the feminine forces, the essences that were in all the people. They were complementary and they were respectful and they were harmonized and one wasn't better than the other or more important. It just they they fit together to make life harmonious and mm -hmm. the qualities of the feminine then were deep. They were mm -hmm. the deep, dark qualities. They weren't the, the shell, the external qualities, the frivolous stuff, because the women were the ones that carried the portal to the sacred, the connection to the divine for the cultures, which would then enable the cultures to eat and to hunt and all those kind of things. So the men would do, you know, the, the, the physical work, the hard work, you know, and, and being out there in the world. But the women were the ones that held the space and would go in and connect. And yeah. that's what it meant to be female and the, and, the, and the feminine back in the day. That's how we evolved from. Whereas today, like I said, being feminine and female is like, oh, I'm going to look pretty and put on a dress and all that's wonderful. But it's really not the essence of femininity. 
share yeah, with us what you think all, about that. Yes, exactly. It's so distorted. Um, and if you type femininity and go into Google images, that's all you would see as you described, you know, mm -hmm. like sexy ladies in bikinis and yep. the hairs, the nails, the heels and all of that. And hence, and um, many women that I knew did not want to be associated with femininity because they would be assumed as um, weak, even mm -hmm. weak. They didn't want to be, they wanted to be strong and be heard and be seen. And what I noticed is that in my work with women, um, that most of us women are innately angry. There is this anger. And as I said, after a few drinks, that usually begins to show up. And uh, it was happening to me too. And I was wondering, like, my personality kind of like changes after you know i get a bit like uh, under the influence of alcohol those days when i used to be you know in that party culture and stuff and it used to make me feel really embarrassed of myself next day in front of my colleagues that okay what's going on why do i get a bit defensive or aggressive and and um very interestingly when i started doing my spiritual work my um teacher she told me that if you are deciding as a woman to, to walk the spiritual path, to discover the feminine in you, you should expect to find a lot more anger in you that, that than what you're already showing. And I was like, ooh, okay. Actually, I have goosebumps as I say okay. that. Because that was just so powerful and scary and i was like okay but why i want to discover myself as a woman yes i want to discover my femininity and here you are talking to me about anger and rage and and she was like yeah mm -hmm. be prepared you will witness much more anger than you expect and i was terrified to hear that but on the other hand inside of me i was a bit relieved too um, I realized that all of those, I, I had those glimpses of memories that, okay, that means those emotions that were coming out after a few drinking sessions were coming from some source. There was something happening or suppressed inside of me that I didn't even know. And my discovering my feminine is kind of making it, um, normalizing it, I would say. And that's how a lot of well, us- giving it a voice yeah yeah instead of you know thinking that oh god something is wrong with me i need to behave myself and uh you know i need to put up a nice face and i should be um, a nice girl uh, and um i or thinking that i'm going crazy you know we are told these things women are told these things when we are very unstable with our emotions mm -hmm. and uh you know there are jokes about oh she must be pmsing exactly yeah but these are a result of something that deep seated anger, the rage that the feminine has been feeling for centuries that leads to yeah, the dark feminine that I work with. So, mm -hmm. yes. Was, and we have, we have two sources because you have it from the collective, as we talked about since, you know, patriarchy took over and suppressed the feminine. So there's that collective rage that women have, and then you also have the, the situations that's so common too of the personal rage. And in my experience, the women that say, I'm, oh, I'm not angry. I'm not angry. Those are the most angry, you know, because it's super suppressed. I like to explain it to people. It's like, well, you might not identify it as angry. It might come across more to you as frustration. You might mm. be frustrated a lot. And in oh, Chinese, Chinese medicine, frustration and anger are very much, you know, two sides of the same coin, you know, that's the liver meridian and that frustration. It can be just anger. That's kind of just stuck and just, just spinning. So this is stuff that we have to unearth and emote to get out of our bodies and express, give a healthy outlet, a healthy, productive channel. You know, I've heard it uh, called uh, righteous anger, having righteous yeah. anger. And I think, Janita, some of the challenge we have in, in America, at least, is that we don't we're not taught proper outlets for our righteous anger. You know, we're and especially as women, you got to be a good girl and it's not polite 
or attractive or feminine to be angry. And if, and if you are, you get labeled, like you said, oh, she's PMSing and you get dismissed and made fun of. And, you know, as his history, what's that? Um, historical, not historical, uh, histrionic, they were histrionic, you know? So what do you think about how do you help people to channel their righteous anger in a productive way? Yeah, that's a very uh, useful topic to discuss too, because we have not been taught as women, first of all, how to uh, understand this emotion. Um, What I have learned in my work is that, um, anger is not a primary emotion for women anger is a secondary emotion and the primary emotion is fear or sadness Mm. so when we look into anger it is important that we look into our fear or sadness and when we look into the upbringing of boy and girl and i'm just trying to um I'll give you this as an example for better understanding. I don't want to be too gen- uh, generalizing, but stick with me here. So when, um, if you see a boy, when he is um, fearful, it's easy for him to get angry. Or a girl, when she's angry, she gets sad. She goes into tears and she sulks. That's the way we process these emotions. And that's, that's the way we have been uh, biologically wired. It's for our own benefit. So what I feel is important is that we recognize the difference between our egoistic um, rage and the righteous rage, because these two are different. We, you know, I'm, I am all about expressing the righteous rage. In fact, the womb work, the more you do the womb work, you will begin to give voice to that righteous rage. Mm-hmm. And I like to say that the righteous rage has the exact amount of energy to create change that's the righteous rage um egoistic rage is kind of like when you go into a defense mechanism when you when you show your rage in the form of a natural defense however righteous rage comes from a deep inner knowing that it is for the highest good Mm. like like when we see women you know standing up for herself you know that she's coming from the righteous rage. She's coming from a very deep inner wisdom that something has awakened in her, a spark. She's not only going there to just go defend herself because she wants to be right. So um, how do we work with this? I think the primary work is going into our womb space and doing this work. And in the Taoist Tantric lineage, we do a lot of work with the dragon energy that is in the womb. And um, in my retreats, it's really interesting that when we sit and we talk about, okay, now we're going to be sounding our anger. So, and you look at women's faces and they're like, okay, you know, um, you can really sense the uncomfortable emotion in the air. Like people are feeling uncomfortable because they don't want to voice their anger. And oftentimes when one woman goes, then the rest follows. The entire room becomes this raging room and women are able to feel that space that, okay, I'm allowed here. I can go for this, this space container. Mm -hmm. Yes. This face of me that is not just a pretty feminine, but the, you know, the, the rage, raging goddess Kali and the loving compassion with heart in the heart. So, um, it's very interesting to see that, you know, um, it worked with me as well. Like, no, I'm not angry. I'm not angry. I used to say to myself, mm-hmm. I'm not angry. Mm-hmm. And, and doing this breath work, suddenly the voice changes, the energy changes, the Kundalini changes inside of you. And then you feel it. Okay. You become a woman of depth because you then know that when you source that energy from the deep depth of your womb, yeah. it's not to harm because we are afraid that maybe if we get angry, we will create disharmony because we are so nice. Yeah, we've been taught to be nice. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of like um, web 
and um, being among other women doing this work is so important that container is so important and conversations like this is so important too. so healing well you know a lot of the, the 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 depression that women feel is anger internalized it's anger that they don't externalize out appropriately and instead turn it on themselves and whereas men are more uh, culturally accepted for their anger to be externalized as aggression. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, and the, the rates of women depressed is just insane. Not well, all people nowadays, but, um, you know, and again, I, I just feel it's because we're not taught how to channel our emotions properly and, um, and allowed or given the safe container, you mentioned in your retreats, you, you provide that safe container. That's so key. Any kind of relationship or support system or situation, we, our emotions are information from our souls of what our needs and desires are and and self-protecting as well. And all of those emotions are not there, uh, you know, willy nilly, you know, they're there to inform you of some of action, you know, energy in motion, emotion, and it needs to move, move through you. And we need to have a place that is safe to hold the storm. And that's actually the masculine is the staying solid and strong and weathering the storm. The feminine is the storm. You know, it's the, the emotions, the rage or whatever it is, you know, the, the highs, the lows, the change, the force. Whereas the masculine force holds the storm, but the container is the feminine, right? I mean, the womb is a container, you know, the heart is a container. These things are to be filled and that's the space that you're providing for women to emote. And I'm sure there's a lot of powerful healings there because once they feel it and get it out of themselves, then it, it's gone. It can, they can pass, they can move on. It's the emotions we don't feel that get stuck and trapped and that becomes a disease or a disorder. Yeah, and I think it is important to understand that for any woman who is beginning their path of finding their femininity and doing the divine feminine work, we have to accept the fact that the feminine is the dark. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the, The yin is the dark. As long as we are in a woman's body, we have a very tight relationship with darkness. And with darkness, I mean our dark emotions too. So rather than thinking that, all right, um, I'm going crazy, I'm so mad and something is wrong with me. And I do this all the time. I, I burst out into anger necessarily and all of that. Rather than wronging our emotions, we must understand that we are cyclic in nature. And with our moon times, with uh, with uh, with um, with the cycles of the moon, with the cycles of the earth, we enter the darkness again and again, every month, every three months, you know, every new moon. So we are in constant relationship with the dark. And that's why it's becoming more and more important for women to understand that the darkness is not the bad. The darkness is simply this unconscious aspect of your feminine wanting to become conscious. And when we begin to move that darkness and when we just stop wasting our life force in getting rid of those emotions rather than just being okay with those emotions and and becoming like a beautiful, uh, I would say, scientist of our own emotional response and journey and witnessing all of that without wronging and judging, we then open up this creative potentiality to newness in our life, new ideas come, new perspectives come, new energy is generated. Everything comes from the dark. So it's so important for us women to stop wronging, stop thinking. And you mentioned that in the beginning, not to go into all this healing to a place that I'm I'm broken and needy, but going from understanding that, okay, this is what is happening. Let's go figure out what's, 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 what's it about. What's it have to teach me? I'm so glad that you differentiated between the dark feminine and what's like known as the toxic feminine. Mm-hmm. There's a total difference. And the dark feminine um, is 
is the other half of the light feminine, which is the one everyone, you know, celebrates like, oh, you know, she's just so fun and she's so beautiful and she's got great energy and everything's flowers and butterflies and it's, and that's all beautiful. But the dark feminine gives us our depth. It gives us our soul. It gives us our connection to the divine. It gives us our, our inner knowing, our power. Our deep longings, our deep desires. There you go, you know, and we have to, and, and as you know, the, the moon is the, the, the lunar is the feminine force Mm -hmm. symbol essence. And I'm so glad you mentioned the cyclical nature of us in time with the moon as in the dark moon time is the time that traditionally women would be quiet and go within and they would release whatever they didn't want to hold anymore. It was the letting go it was the death phase that was so critical to then enable the growth, the creation, the life phase of what the full moon is here. I am, you know, but you can't, you know, so every month women have little deaths, you know, if you will, with our cycles, but in our modern culture, we just want to, you know, put in a tempo, keep going, you know, like just ignore, we don't ever have that downtime, the reflection time, the dark time to go within, to process, to release, to let go, be quiet, and then come out and shine. Because right now we're all required to be on all the time. You got to always be shiny and bright, right? We can't be afraid of the dark and the depth. And like you said, the emotion, the dark emotions, because we're all of it. And if you don't acknowledge that part of your humanity, it will destroy you because it's in there. (laughs) It then becomes the toxic feminine. There you go. It then becomes, and um, you said it really right, that we are so busy that, you know, uh, this is our avoidance pattern because what happens is when we go, when we become face to face with our dark feminine, she is so powerful that she she will tell you she will mirror she will show you the mirror and often women are afraid to see that mirror mm. to look in because she know, know that she might have to change something she might have right to change on. that job she might have to change that relationship she might have to change that lifestyle that eating habit that that pattern you know so we are going to avoidance we we become really busy we avoid that conversation that presence that deepening we mm-hmm. become self-abusive i like to say we are extremely self-abusive we numb ourselves through emotional eating alcohol addictions have done all of that and um our really um i would say intimate relationships show us the spaces that we need to see and tend to our dark feminine i'm so glad you said that you know i call it creative distraction is that you know we just like you said over shopping you know overworking over over whatever you know it's just just to not everything's externalized to not have to go within because it's too painful and scary to think about oh god that would mean i mean how am i i'm stuck how am i going to change my life i'm married i got kids i got a job i got to pay my bills and it's like it's so overwhelming for people to think oh my god if i really got honest about stuff that's bothering me in my life, it would require a complete upheaval of my life. So they avoid it. But then, you know, self-medicating or numbing out, pick your, pick your poison. Right. But Mm. so what, you know, life takes courage. It takes courage to live a life that is truly your own by your own design. Janita, what advice would you have for people? And do you give to your students that to, have the courage to go within when they're really afraid of what they're going to find there, honestly. Mm. Yeah. So I like to say to choose um, courage over confidence, you know, um, do not wait for things to get perfect, to go into something, do not wait for things to settle down and, you know, have, um, uh, do not wait for this time that, it will show up for you. Of course, those things also happen. But what I like to say is to choose courage because courage, when you choose courage and then you fail, you knew that you did something for yourself. Yeah. And that courage is very vulnerable. And we're okay with that vulnerability because if you are not showing courage right now, we will be living someone else's life for the rest of our lives. So, true. so 
and that's what exactly is happening around and um not i like to say that be prepared to be misunderstood so i think that's what i want to say be prepared to be misunderstood by people around you when you choose the path of courage but then later you will find your place and you will understand the grand scheme that's that's what it takes <laughs> That is such great advice. It's so true. And I, I just find that, you know, the word, the root word of courage is courier, which is heart, right? So if you, if you just really try to connect and live from your heart and take, have your, let that fuel your courage, you know, it's just, if you speak from the heart, if you just be honest with people and they, they can feel the energy that it's coming from a place that's of love you know, maybe the message is hard to take or whatever. It's going to hurt them in some way, like if you're, you know, changing a relationship or whatever. But if it's really coming from the heart, the essence of who you are, that softness, I think, will come through and help deliver the message in a, in a way that's better received. Yeah. And to that point, I think it's interesting because I want to talk to you about your the yoni work and the, the womb work. So the womb and the heart are, are connected energetically in the uh, astral realm and have been known in ancient cultures to be portals connecting to the divine. And I think it's really interesting that uh, you know, it's said that we actually have four brains. We have the brain between our ears. We have the brain in our stomach, our, our gut, our, our uh, enteric nervous system. And we have the brain and the heart and the heart's wisdom, and it's actually brain cells that are in the heart. And we have a brain in our womb. The womb is known as a brain in, in the body. Actually, I have one of my episodes, I think it's episode number three, I referenced the book, you've probably heard of it, Womb Wisdom. Yeah. And yeah, it's fantastic. So please share with us your knowledge and experience with the wisdom of the brain in the womb. Yeah, so um, I like to say the pelvic floor in itself, like the whole area below our belly button. We women have, um, as they say, in Taoism, they call it the crystal palace. So I really like that definition mm -hmm. because it makes me feel like I have something really precious yes. um, in, in there. And um, it is quite true. And Oftentimes, what I have noticed is that we are told that, yes, there is wisdom inside of you and there is this womb power and all of that. But then how do we access that? How do we work with that? And um, specifically, you know, Yoni, if we actually bring in the, in, if we include, and not many teachings include the Yoni when we talk about the womb wisdom. And again, this is the sacred portal, the sacred gateway has its own wisdom with a more. Um, and what I have noticed and found that for many of us women who, who spend a lot of time being in the masculine, this part of our body becomes cold and rigid. And um, hence, some warming up is important and required for us to begin to um, listen um, and respond. What I also know is that we always hear, but we don't listen and respond. Mm. And so the wisdom is always present and she's always speaking to you, but we never listen. This voice that comes inside of womb from the depth we just know this as women and the more you do the uni work and through breath through sound through touch um through various pelvic floor exercises we begin to sensitize those muscles and they begin to respond to us as we go and do things in our life you know, as we are talking about something as we are making some decisions as we are doing some creative work it's they start giving us feedback and oftentimes you know, this is the, again, the realms of the dark, you know, the, your pelvis, your womb is the dark. And uh, oftentimes the suggestions and um, the wisdom, the intuit that we get are quite radical, which is why we women are also a bit resistant, if, if, if I may say. But it is there, it is present. This is the power inside of us that we are afraid to claim. Mm. Like say it this way, and we all have it. You don't have to have a physical womb, but the energy center is always present. It's it's just there. 
So we're afraid to claim it maybe back to what we were saying earlier that because we don't know how to channel the, what's going to come out of it. But what do you think about that? Why are we afraid to claim it? I certainly think so. We, because we are afraid of our own power. Um, again, we have been shown the power in the patriarchal realm where it is power over, power over. Mm. And when you start doing the feminine work, you will realize there is a different sense of power that women are naturally capable of, which is power with and power and. As mothers, we see and we do this, you know, we, we give the power to our children. It's the power and we create with our partners and communities. It's power with. Um, mm. We also know how to use our power from behind. So we don't have to be always in the front to show our power. So, so it is about understanding um, different types of power that is available to us. Um, because I know that a lot of us women do not want to be like those powerful men. You know, we have some, when we start doing the feminine work, we kind of also terrorize the masculine in a way, I like to say, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. we, we think that, okay, we've been too masculine, so now I don't want to be thinking about anything regarding masculine, so let's do the only feminine work. And then we start um, disliking all the power and the power systems that are already existing due to the patriarchal nature of our society. So again, um, it's a whole lot of, again, it is true that it is a box of Pandora that you will end up opening, but it will be one of the most fruitful journey that you will ever take as a woman into womanhood. Well, I think what's amazing is that, uh, you know, we're not taught this stuff, you know, we're not culturalized to uh, really even talk about it. I mean, what, what women usually don't even have a name for their sexual organs, you know, they say yeah. down there, you know, or whatever. And then if we do culturally have names, uh, it's given negative names and used as curse words or used to make fun of other men, you know, as in, it's like a bad thing. Like to be called. Something less than, yeah. 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 Or it's a, it's a bad thing to be called a woman's sexual part, you know, like, you know, yeah. and, and, and a put down, oh, you know, you're being a wimp, you know, for another word. Um, so I think it's really interesting that in the, the past cultures, the past societies, the ancient cultures, that there was no separation between sacred and sexual. They were the same. They were the portal was the same that the, the you said the women's of a female womb was the portal to the divine. It's where life came from. It was the mystery. It was the magic. It was it was it was it. And what's happened now is that we don't even talk about that part of our body. We don't have names for that part of our body. It's an area of shame. We people, women are afraid to look at that part of their body and pornography. It's all, you know, waxed up and zipped up and tipped up and whatever it is. And, you know, we're, we're all different, you know, everyone's body parts look different down there and it's all beautiful. And, you know, we don't like the smell and, you know, the animal nature of it and the, the things that come out of it, you know, the, the liquid or whatever it may be. And, I like how your work is truly raw and it really helps women reclaim that part of your body. This is you, this is your body. And not only is it your body, but it's the most sacred, beautiful, magical part of you. And it's the source of your knowing of your intuition of your soul, you know, so yeah. we have to reclaim this part of our body, our womb, our yoni, and, and celebrate it. And, and how we do that? Well, you give people tools, you give them, you teach them how to go into that space, how to cultivate that relationship to awaken it again. So then they can live from that space. It's beautiful. It is. It is very humbling when I see women um, sharing those vulnerable aspects of their journey with the yoni when, when they take the jade and magic program uh, or my return to your sacred portal a free series where it's all about just just go go do not no longer resist just go into that space and see feel what you've got you don't do this to your hands why <laughs> you know why that part of the body has so much resistance and so much trauma and and all of that and every time a woman feels the resistance, I, I, my heart drops because it's the story for a majority of women in the world. It's just not that woman's story. And um, I like also, again, in Taoism, there are like beautiful names, the Jade Flower, uh, Pleasure Palace, and, and such nice names they have been given 
in terms of um, encouragement for women to explore sexuality as part of spirituality to access deeper levels of consciousness and and not just for pleasure it's and i also see a lot in the um, in the current dynamics that Tantra has all, only been made for you know, hot sex and orgasm and mm-hmm. all of that. But if you actually go back to the lineage and I'm studying more and more of that whilst being here, the classic Tantra is about achieving higher levels of consciousness that is learning all about bringing your sexual energy to all of your above chakras. Whereas uh, most of the Tantric work stops being, uh, you know, stops around sexual energy cultivation. For pleasure that's not the whole sex is just 10 percent of our sexual energy the rest is all about us understanding how we can use that to to balance our hormones to to get more creative with our work to be more in our presence to get more intuitive to have that access to the divine downloads so much juiciness there and such a vulnerable work to do as well I love that. You know, you've said that sensuality is not just a physical act. It's a way of living. It's a state of mind. And I think that's brilliant. Can you give us some practical examples of what exactly you mean by that? How is sensuality a way of living a state of mind? Yeah, I like to say that um, sensuality is pretty much sensing reality. Yes. And usually we are not sensing reality because we are just so busy. Um, doing things, we we do not even respect the senses, that sensory ability that we have as women. So in practicality, as women, when we allow ourselves the time to tune into our five senses on a regular basis as a dedicated practice, our sixth sense, which is our intuitive wisdom, awakens and what also happens is our quality of presence awakens as well. So and that in itself is very powerful and that's when you will notice we will begin to have days where you know um, things happen faster and and things happen easily or there are days where nothing is going as per your plan and you feel depleted those are the moments that we must in fact do this even more tune into your senses because what is the point of being alive in a woman's body if we are not using the gifts that we have for our own benefit for the life you know the life is the gift it's not a job life is not accomplishments only so i like to say that having some practice daily practice where you can tune into your five senses where you can move your body feel and many times you may not have the time to you know have a morning one hour ritual and all of that but giving yourself literally five minutes a day to do this it does the work the point here is to be consistent and if you do not have five minutes to do this on a regular basis then you will have to be questioning your life's choices at this point I think that's a great point. Thank you for saying that. It's like, seriously, if you don't, I, who, I don't know who was it that said something like, if you don't have 15 minutes a day, you don't have a life, you know, <laughs> and you gave them five minutes. So, you know, I mean, you're, yeah. I and mean, if you don't have five minutes to take care of your soul and yourself, my goodness, you definitely have to re-question your life choices. Amen. Mm-hmm. Great quote. You know, um, I think what I'm hearing and feeling and what I've experienced with the experience exploration of my own sensuality is, uh, it's the, how I live every day. You know, it's, it's, it's the, it's just taking that edge off a little bit, you know, and just remembering to go out of my thinking brain self being into just more of, I'm just feeling the air on my skin right now. You know, I'm just bringing my, my awareness to other parts of my being, you know, and which is truly integration. I'm incorporating all of me. I'm bringing all of me to where my feet are, not just living in my head, you know, and to me, that's a sensuality. It's the way you're moving, you know, like, are you just rushing around the house because you're always overwhelmed and late or whatever, you know, it's like, that's a certain way of moving. And the, the sensual, more feminine way is, more sinuous, you know, it's more flowy, almost like a snake moves. And that's why the snake is associated with the feminine, 
because they they move, you know, you can visualize how a snake moves, right? It's not a, it's not a linear, it's not a straight line. So I think that's the sensuality work is very, very, very powerful that to that you help people live in their lifestyle. You know, again, that quote, it's a state of mind, it's a way of living. It's not just a one act thing, you know? And for us women to to be able to give ourselves the touch on a regular basis is also an important, um, I would say, practice um, for nourishment. Um, also, because it helps us to calm down our cortisol levels, which mm. is like all over the charts for us modern day women. And um, in the long run, that creates a whole lot of series of depression and illnesses and all sorts of bodily issues. You know, the gift, we must remember that we are given this body. We are, that's not our identity. We live in the body. So we must as well just take care of it. And just giving ourselves the touch in the mornings, just, just, just feeling ourselves, especially now we've been in the lockdown, isolated, we have very less human touch. This is really nourishing for the feminine. This is extremely important. Women thrive when they are touched in safety and you can give that safety to yourselves. I love that. I'm so glad you said that, Jonita. And you know, that makes me think about um, it's interesting as women that were, I guess I should speak for myself, but I always kind of thought my body wasn't for my own pleasure. It's mm. like, you know, it's, and even sex and stuff is about, you know, externalizing that pleasure, you know, and it's such a beautiful thing to think like my body's here for my pleasure. And that that's a game changer right there. And talk yeah. about touching yourself. I mean, just to, to touch yourself in a loving, soft way, but that feels good and really prioritizing your own bodily pleasure and enjoying your own body. As women, we hate our bodies. You know, women are constantly berating themselves and, you know, self-loathing and criticizing themselves. And it's just so sad. I mean, I think this might be a good start that teaching women to just just touch yourself in a soft and loving way start with that yeah and and be really slow in that like really feel the sensations mm. just and and you may not be doing this for pleasure but just you know just, just appreciate what you've got and and what has been helping you you know, move forward in life this body has been taking you to places so why not Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how the female, uh, the, the clitoris has, what's it, 9,000 nerve endings. I mean, our bodies are built for pleasure, you know, for, uh, particularly for women, that's more than the head of a penis. So, I mean, hello, that's, that should just tell you something biologically. What's going on here is that we're designed to experience pleasure. We deserve pleasure. Life isn't supposed to just suck all the time. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> that yeah. is true. Well, this is, you rightly said that we are designed for pleasure like there are our biology itself is this way that the creator exactly knew that women in her lifetime goes through a lot of stress response and and she i'm not saying she's better than men but we have different coping mechanisms uh, in terms of our emotions and better coping mechanisms with our emotions um, due to our biology and we have been gifted very high levels of um, oxytocin amounts in our bodies just for this reason because that's how we are able to calm down our stress levels and mm. as compared to men men do not have a, that many amount of oxytocin as women mm-hmm. so we really go into the depth of all the feminine um, structure and biology and neurology and all of these things that exist that has actually conspired to make you a woman, you will understand that you are really gifted. I love that. That's just fantastic. Janita, tell us about the Empress Code, your course. Yes. um, So it's a three months uh, journey of the self-leadership into womanhood, where we discover three major archetypes, which is um, the lover essence, the mother essence, and the warrior essence. So it's um, one month into deep dive into our lover essence, where we go all about going deep into our bodies, learning pleasure codes, learning all about our shame, 
that is associated with the lover essence mm. and then we also go into the light and dark codes of mother essence the second month which is all about learning womb codes and the dark code of guilt that mothers are associated with and the guilt that women have and then the third month is of the warrior essence which is about identifying our unique uh, vibrational signature so we can become the feminine empresses the gifts in the world and also discovering our dark code of fear so this program is ongoing right now we are in the mother essence and um, we are learning whole new ways of remothering ourselves and beautiful. i think it's just a beautiful journey of women to stand up take space into self-leadership I love it. Your work is amazing, my friend. This has just been amazing. I obviously could keep you for hours and hours. I feel like we're just two long lost girlfriends getting together. And I, I really hope to meet you in person one day. Yeah, I would love to. Would love to. And then we're going to go on for days. <laughs> you got it, my friend. So thank you so much, Jonita, for being on Awakening Aphrodite. Such a pleasure, sister. Thank you for holding this space. Would you like to support my mission to help empower people all over the world to be all of who they truly are? If so, please subscribe to the show, leave a review on iTunes, and share it with a friend. And if you're looking to take immediate action to align your energy and optimize your health, visit amyfournier.com. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite. Let's awaken her together in you. I'm your hostess, Amy Fournier. And I already can't wait to be with you again and for you to hear what I have planned for the next show. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. To learn more about Amy, check out her website, amyfournier.com. That's A-M-Y-F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R.com. You can also check out Amy's live and on-demand virtual fitness and yoga classes and sign up for her newsletter to receive a free mini ebook of three of her top tips for making holistic health a lifestyle. Again, that's amyfournier.com and get your ebook sent to your email immediately. Connect with Amy on the daily on Instagram at fitamytv, F-I-T-A-M-Y-T-V, and watch many of the podcast episodes and subtopic clips on her YouTube channel, which is also fitamytv. Enjoy, and we'll see you next time on Awakening Aphrodite.